at Matthew chapter 15 first. All this week and next week, we're still dealing with um, faith uh, in the word of God. Okay, our faith is in the word of God. And so we're going to go at least a couple more weeks about having faith in the word of God. And the reason why I'm having faith in the word of God, because there are some enemies to your faith in the word of God. And they will come to try to dethrone you. They will come and try to take away what God has already made unto you. And if you're not aware of who you are and what you have in him, more than likely than what happened, then you have the equipment, you have the spirit. When I say the equipment, you have the word of God, but not having the understanding or the perception of how to use it, it will put you in a place that whereas you're living a life filled with tortured, you're being tormented in your thought life. Why? Because you have everything you need, but the frustration and the aggravation of not knowing how to release it, not knowing how to use it. Okay? And so there are some enemies that will come against you walking out or living out the best life that God has given us. And one of those is offense. Okay? And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning on offense, about guarding your heart. So for the next two weeks, I'm going to be talking about guarding your heart with the Word of God. So you have to have the Word of God in order to guard your heart. Okay? Without the Word of God, you can't guard your heart. So here it is. If we make look at our opening verses of Scripture as we not... Uh, if, you know, for the theme of this year, 1 John 5, 4, which says whatsoever is born of God, does what? It overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. It is our faith. Amen? And then as you look here <clears throat> at uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and look at verse 6, Hebrews chapter 11, and you look at verse 6, it says, but without faith. It is what? Everybody say impossible. That's what it is. It's impossible to please him. I mean, isn't that what our life is all about? We're here on the earth to do what? To bring pleasure, pleasure to our Lord. Is that right? To please him. Amen? And that's why we're here. We're on the earth to please him. You can't please him without faith. So faith is a response. That's what faith is. Faith is a response to all of God's graciousness towards us. So what is grace? Grace is God's empowerment. Uh, grace is God, yeah, empowerment that is at work in us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Okay? So grace makes provision for everything that I have need. But faith is the response to it. Can y'all un understand that? So grace make it, but faith is the hand to respond to receive it. 
amen, to activate it, okay? So that's your only currency. That's why you hear me say faith is the only currency whereby you and I can make exchange. Grace made it. Faith takes it, okay? Why? Because that's the way God designed it. So that's why he said, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God, see that? Must what? First, he must do what? Believe that he is. So in other words, you got to believe that everything that I have need of, everything that God has designed for me to live this life on earth, he's already made it. And he's able to make everything in my life to do what? To work accordingly to his good, according to his divine plan. Even if things are bad. You know, sometimes we say the, the scripture that says in Romans uh, 8.28, that scripture says what? Who knows what the scripture says in Romans 8.28? For all things work together. For my good. But notice this. And most people stop right there. But there's a continuation. Number one, to those who are what? Call according to his purpose and those who love him. Or, I don't know, did I get it, did I get it backwards or what? But that's the two. All things work together for good. First of all, to those who what? Love him and those that are called according to his purpose. Amen? So it's not what's going on in your life that God calls it, but God is trying to get you to understand that, hey, because when he said, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, he said, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. So you have to recognize whatever bad that came to you didn't come from God. But I'll work it for your good. So what is that putting us? It put us in a place to let us know that nothing can actually, good morning, Brother Joe, nothing actually can come against me that God has not already made a way for me to exceed or excel above it. Amen. Is that right? Amen. Yeah, and that's in all of our lives as a believer. So bad may come, disappointment may come, but God will use it for your good. He didn't cause it, but he'll use it for your good. Why? Because he's God, and you're on a mission. And that's the reason why I said, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. Why? Because what you see and what you hear is enough to rob you of the joy. It's enough to rob you of the place to make you want to quit, give up, have resentment, be disappointed. This is how offense comes in. Okay? Now, we all, we all have opportunity to be offended. If you have never been offended, just keep living. Because I promise you, I'm not prophesying dooming. I promise you offense will come. And I'm going to show you a verse of scripture that goes to show you it's impossible, as Jesus said, for you to live without offense. 
is going to come. But it's not the offense. It's what you do with the offense before it can bring forth a root or the fruit of bitterness. All right? So I'm taking my time and opening this up and letting you know and letting you see because we can really see some things here that are going to probably whop your theology in just a moment. Okay? So here, I need you to understand this. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. That means I have to stay in faith regardless of what the condition, regardless of what the circumstance. Why? Because grace has already made the way for me. We read 1 John 5, 4 that says, whatsoever is born of God, right? You are born of God. Those you are alive with, you know, you are born of God. So whatsoever is born of God does what? Put that back up there for a moment, Casey. Uh, 1 John 5, 4. The Siri is in the house. Siri. Y'all know Siri? Swear. <laughs> so notice it. For whatsoever is what? Born of God. What does it do? See? I mean, you, you, you ought to have great joy right there. Because what? Number one, we are born of God. Amen. Right? So that means no matter what comes against us, guess what? Our God already overcame the world for us, and so we got the overcoming living inside of us. So therefore, guess what? We let the life that already overcame take place inside of us, and we just walk out the victory that he, or how, he's already done it for us. It's not what I do. It's what Christ in me, the hope of glory, has already done for me. Can y'all see it? That's the difference. You allowing this life that you and I that has already captured the world, already overcome everything in this world. Our defeat. Who are ever born of God, you defeat. The world, we're talking about this system. We're talking about everything, principalities, power. Those are the things that you and I fight against. We fight against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's your fight. That's your fight. And that's where your strategy needs to be. You need to have a strategy, a strategy of understanding that the works of darkness is coming to trip you and I up if you let them. But you could be of good cheer because Jesus has already overcome them. Can you see? I hadn't overcome. He's already overcome. So guess what? Because he did it. I get credit too because he was in a physical body like me and he did it for me and therefore I'm just partaking of that anointing. See, I have the right because it was that anointing that overcame the works of the devil. Right? So therefore, I don't have to overcome. Jesus has already what? Oh, you understand what I'm saying? He's already overcome. 
Hmm? The victory is already yours. The victory is already yours. Let me say it again. The victory is already yours. It's not that you're going to get it. It's not that you're trying to get it. It's already yours. Already. Done, done. Done, done. Huh? The victory that overcome is already yours. Mine. Don't have to do anything. But receive it. And let that, see, when you receive it, that means I'm walking in a life that already overcame that. His life in me give me the authority to say. Did y'all catch that? His life in me has given me the authority to say because he's already overcome. I get credit, you get credit, because he became one like us in our humanity to identify himself. So you have to have a body to overcome. You have to have a body to deal with principalities and power on this earth. Right? God became a man. Lived in a physical body. Overcame the works of the devil. And gave us credit with him. The Bible said we died with him. <laughs> oh boy, I tell you what, this thing getting richer and richer every time I'm standing up here. Uh, yeah, it's loaded. It's getting, it's getting ready to get more loaded right now. I'm finna spring load on y'all right now. Look at the... <laughs> Look at Romans, Casey, uh, chapter 6, Romans chapter 6. And look here at verse 1, Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Look what Paul answered. That's right. God forbid. I mean, look at somebody... Look at somebody, some, somebody may ask you, shall we continue to sin? Go back to verse 1 for a moment, Casey. Let me quote it right. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? What's your answer? No, nah, zero, what the rim knocked off. Nada. Are you understand what I'm saying? Now see, that, that one statement will throw you because Why? Well, Pastor, I just, I was on my way to church and somebody jumped in front of me and I just, you know, mm-hmm. We working on him. <laughs> I'm working on him. <laughs> I got to keep my singer together. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but, but notice this. This will throw a lot of people wide because you don't identify this is with your spirit. 
Okay? That's why he said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? We say, nay. Why? He said, that grace may abound. This is a question that they have. Look what, the, look what Paul answers, the Apostle Paul. God forbid. What is another word for to say God forbid? What's the word, another word for forbid? It's not a part of God's vocabulary. It's not on God's mind. If I dealt with something, why would you want to continue to wobble in something the whole purpose of me dealing with sin so that I won't have to look at you in strain. You know how sometimes you get mad with somebody or a husband or a wife get mad with a husband and she just look at it all kind of. You see, God don't want to look at us like that. Look old and old say, hmm. <laughs> God don't want to look at us like that. He want to be able to look at us like they say with a clear conscience. Right? So what he did, he took the punishment, the judgment of what sin did and put it on himself as a son in a body. Boy, y'all should have been clapping. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Why? He did that so that you will have no more remembrance or he will have no more remembrance of sin. Why? Because I dealt with the nature of it. God just didn't do, deal with a sin. God dealt with the sin that made us a sinner. So he dealt with the root, right? And not the verb which is an action, right? He dealt with the noun. He dealt with the thing that made us a sinner. Okay? Now, you can't be a sinner and you can't be saved by grace at the same time. You're either one or the other. So don't be telling folks, well, I'm just, a, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You're not an old, you, you were an old sinner. But now that you have received God's grace, you no longer want to associate yourself with the word sinner. Your father made you perfect. So what are we trying to say? I'm trying to tell you one third of you is sealed. One third of you can't sin. That's the part of you that God communicates I need you to get this part right because when we start talking about offense, you're going to have to recognize, you got to draw from this power, from this life that's in you to keep that offense away from you so that it doesn't turn into what I call a bit, uh, 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 turn into uh, uh a root of bitterness. Okay? Because a root of bitterness destroys any and everything. It's so toxic. It takes a while, but it's so toxic. Once it grows up, it will, def it will defile and it will kill everything in this path. And once it get in there, you're not going to let, you're not going to be able to get away from it 
as easy as you think. Okay? So it's important that we really get this part of the lesson. Okay? So, Paul said, how shall we? That are what? Dead to sin, spirit. I just want to just put the whole thing up here. Not only just your spirit, spirit, soul, and body is dead to sin, but yet two-thirds of us still sin, but it has a, the blood has already presented the promissory note that is guaranteed that when you leave this earth, you have a glorified body. That's Romans 8. 8, uh, 19, uh, that's 1 Corinthians 15, 54. Uh, you know, well, you know how the Bible does, it says, O grave, where is thy death? Why? Because the, the life of Christ has already resolved sin, spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Now, you still got to ask for forgiveness when you mess up. Okay? Because Why? Because you're learning, see, you're learning, you're growing in the journey on this earth. So therefore, there will be time that you will mess up. So 1 John 1, 9 is there not for your spirit, but it is for your soulish man. Why? Because it's, it's what we call course correction. Y'all ever heard that term, course correction? I mean, you have a navigator in your vehicle, right? What if you miss your turn? That little thing going to talk to you, right? What is it doing? Giving you what? Course correction, right? Siri didn't come up with that. Or whoever that is speaking to you on the other ear. Alexis, they didn't come up with that. That came from God. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you is what? It's bringing course correction when you repent. Now, notice this. When you repent, notice this. If I repent of a wrong, it's because I have identified the truth. Let me say it to you again. If I have repented of a wrong, it is because I have identified the truth about it. See, the purpose of my repentance is what? It's so that I don't repeat it again. Now, you have to choose that. That's a choice. Okay? That's a choice. So, so when I've defined the truth, I want to dig in. I want to play. You still may, you know, mess up here and there. But it won't be as it was before. Why? Because the truth of the word is teaching you how to deny all ungodliness. But it's a slow process. And, you know, some of us may learn a little faster than others. We may get it a little faster than others. But you still got to be patient with people. You still have to walk in kindness. Right? You can't just be, you know, well, man, if you was a Christian, you wouldn't do this. Or if you was a Christian, you wouldn't say that. Well, if you was a Christian, you hold your mouth. Why? Because why? The Bible says life and death is where? Power of the tongue. So all of us have gone or will go through enough to understand I should not be judging no one. Right? Why? Because it's the grace of God that I am what I am. 
All right, so here we go. So he said, how, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Can't. Verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us were what? Baptized into Christ. Were baptized into his death. That baptized means a submersion. It means in. Baptism means in. So if it's in, that means we were baptized. Notice it. In him, how were we baptized? Through the confession of your mouth. Romans 10, 9, 10, or 10, 10, 8 through 10. It says, the word of faith is in two places, in my mouth and in my heart. Verse 9 said, if I will confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, the Lord Jesus, God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10 says, for with the heart, man believe where? Unto what? And with the mouth, confession is made how? Okay, hold on just for a moment. So notice this. So that's how you were baptized into him. Through the confession of your mouth and the belief of your heart and were baptized into his death. The same way. We were already, notice this. No, you're not. That so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized also into his death. In other words, he became one. When were, when were, when were we baptized into his death? Anybody know? When he was on the cross. See? We were baptized into that death. It was a spiritual and a physical death. And a solar death. He died all three. So that you and I could be alive in all three. Are you understand what I'm saying? So it's possible you can train your soul to be to the place to where as man, it, you know, every time you like you want to get out of line because of the truth that you have embraced, you could course correction. You course correction your thought. Whereas at one time, you didn't have nothing to course correct you. You just came out and say, well, it is what it is. This is how I live. But once you got born again, what happened? And the word began to start working in your life. It's just like, oh, no. Oh, no. I ain't got no. And you, you can't even believe you act that way yourself at one time. Okay? Worry, what you got? Oh, you basically answered. Huh? You basically answered. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, absolutely. And this here, this here basically confirms it's, it's, yeah. it's a spiritual baptism. This is a spiritual baptism. You talking about yeah. into Christ. Yeah, and they used Acts 2.38. You say, oh, you see, Peter said you, you must be, you must repent and then be baptized. And they automatically say, water baptism is part of the blood. It's like, no way. <laughs> water baptism, I don't, I don't, I don't condone water baptism. You know, if I had a baptism pool here or whatnot, I mean, some of us need another Duncan anyway. Now, I just <laughs> that was my uncle told my cousin. He said, "He said, boy, you need a, you need another dip." <laughs> he got mad. <laughs> he looked at me. He said, "Well, what about you?" I said, "Cause you're the worst." <laughs> 
Well, you know, we grew up Baptist, you know, <laughs> and, and some of our theology was <laughs> that thing was off as as it all can be. <laughs> but anyway, you know, no water baptism is a is a is a is a great thing. Why? Water baptism is an outward symbol of revealing what took place in my heart when I made Jesus the Lord of my life. So that's why water baptism, so that's why you have people at a baptism, you invite people to your baptism. Why? Because what you're saying to them, you're revealing to them, I die. Once, the, once you go under that water, you are signifying, this is what you're signifying. Watch it, bring it back case. Uh, Galatians 2.20, this is what you're signifying. This is what water baptism is signifying. It says, I am crucified with Christ. This is how you, this, you, you spiritually you are. But this is the outward symbol. You say, nevertheless, I live. Just think about you going under that water. Yet not I. Who, but who? Christ what? Live it in me. So when you go down under that water, and I'm not talking about dunking donut. When you are dunked under that water. <laughs> You died. But when you came up, he said, notice it, but Christ lived, and the life which I now live in the flesh. Can you see it? I live how? By the faith. And that's the reason why you're always making course correction. Because you're living by, it's the faith of Christ in you that's doing what? He, it has already proved to you who loved me and you can't forget that love. Because it, it didn't force you. It didn't tie your hand. It didn't do anything. That love is forever embracing your heart. It's like, a, it's like taking a brand, a, a, a hot iron, branding a cow or something. That love is branded in your spirit. It's in your soul. And it's in your body. Sometimes you don't pay attention to the other two. But in your spirit, boy, it will bring forth. You can't get away from it. That's why it says, the life I live now in the flesh by the faith of the Son of God, who number one, who did what? Loved me. Why? Because you got, you got divine insight of tasting of God's love for someone like you that didn't do anything to deserve this good, but he did it because he loved me. No strings attached. You, you have the decision to make a choice. To choose whether I'm, whether I'm going to walk with this or not. And those who don't accept his sacrifice for sin, he's going to love those who died without knowing. When they arrive, because remember, eternal life dwells in you. It just defines where is your destiny for eternal life. Those who rejected him, he's going to love them right in the hell. Because he, they're going to know this is what you chose. And there's no such thing as that. I'm not going to know. You will know. That's what makes us like God. You will know. You already know. Okay? All right, go back. Too. So that's the purpose of water baptism. It's an outward symbol of revealing that, hey, a change took place inside of me. 
And every day I'm going to be living my life, I'm, I'm, I'm testifying that nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So that's what you're doing. You're allowing, you're, 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 you're growing in this grace, sitting in this class, growing in this grace, allowing the life of Christ to live out from you. Because he's in you. So you're hearing the word to do what? To let go. To, to do what? To act Christ-like. To live Christ-like. Because it's already there. But you have to be what? You have to choose it. You have to partake it. It's in your spirit. But your soul has to grab hold to this life. And that's why we're here today. So that you and I can be fully persuaded, fully convinced of the word of God, that what God had promised, God is able to perform. But my part is to submit to that truth. And if I submit to that truth, then the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit will work the, the, will work the life of Christ through me. Did y'all understand that? That's why it's in him, in whom, in Christ. Can you see it? The reason why it's in him, in whom, in Christ. You can't do it. You can't change you. You can't do deadly squat about you. But the life that you conceive in you can if you continue to listen, if you continue to want to grow in him. Hmm? Can y'all see that? All right, go back, Casey, to... Romans chapter 6, look at verse 3. So when he said, know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? That means just like as I was baptized into Jesus Christ, that life, that my spirit, my soul, and my body, I have the fullness. That's what he did. Because Jesus is not going to come back again and die again to, see, to make sure you get it right. No, one death is, the Bible said, once. And for all, that was one sacrifice that he made. Okay? Not two. Okay? Let me show you that. Go to Hebrews chapter 9. And let's start here at verse 12. And it talks about, Neither by the blood of goats, calves, but by his own blood he entered in how many times? Once. See that? Into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Eternal. It's not just your spirit that got born again, that, 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 that you have. It's your spirit, your soul, and your body. But your soul and your body right now have to be trained to walk in this life. But there is a new soul and a new body, a glorified soul and a glorified body. Once you leave this earth, it will partake of the same likeness that you have in your spirit. Now, your spirit not going to ever change. Your spirit is forever mature. It is forever fully grown, fully functional. It is fully God. Right now, you're not like a pecan tree that has to mature. Nope. Your spirit, you have the, the essence of who God is in you right now. 1 John 4, 17 says, as the latter part, as he is, so are we now. Not going to now. 
First Corinthians 6, 19 says, He that is joined to the Lord is of one spirit, not one in the two, but one in the absence of another. You can't tell where he began and where I end. We are one. Are y'all understand what I'm saying here? See, your salvation is so powerful and it's so power-packed. That's the reason why the enemy is fighting against your soul because it don't want you to walk in this truth. He don't want you to walk in this life that has already defeated him, that has already stripped him of the power and of the rights to hold you hostage in anything or to remind you of anything or where you've been or where you're going. He don't have the ability. He have to get you to feel sorry for yourself. I just feel so sorry. Nobody loved me. Shut up. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? That's self-pity because you, 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 you're looking for something right now at the moment. Mm-mm. Once into the holy place, having obtained what? Redemption. Can you see that? Eternal redemption for us. Whoa. What you going to do with that? Look at the next verse, Casey. For if the blood of bulls and goats or ashes of a heifer, I didn't call nobody a heifer, it's just a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. This is what the blood of an animal did because God honored it. But it was a prototype until the real came along. We no longer need the shadow. That's what Hebrews 10, 1 talk about. The law had a shadow of good things to come. Well, now that the real is here, who wants the shadow? Who wants the type? You got the real deal. Right? Somebody send you a prototype of a truck. Now you got the truck. Well, which one you going to choose? I want the truck so I can drive it. So I can experience. I don't want no prototype. It tell me it's going to do this. It tell me it got this. Well, I want to experience it. Right? Yeah, just like even a whopper. You don't want nobody to tell you about no whopper, no double meat cheese whopper. You want to be able to experience it, right? Put your mouth in that, boy, and that juice just fly. <laughs> and get you a strawberry milkshake. With a little apple pie, boy, don't tell me you're not eating right and you're not eating good. Not do Look at Bobby. Bobby said, I'm going to give me one when I leave. <laughs> don't do it, Bobby. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Isn't it good to have fun in church? <laughs> I tell you what, we, my wife and I, we had it so bad. We'll go to uh, uh, the donut place. What the name of that place is? Uh, Mesh. Oh, Jesus. Boy, that was the best thing. Best, best thing happened out of heaven, right there. Mesh's donut. Man, them people knew us so well. They had our, they had our apple frittle. They had our lemon, our lemon, uh, what you call that? The lemon donut filled with a lemon. Lemon filled. And then we had us about nine glazed donuts. I mean, look, oh yeah, ain't nobody eating it but my, my, my wife and I. 
It take us to Wednesday to finish it up. And boy, you only got a couple more days before Sunday. And there we go right back again. They had our order sitting on the side. They knew we were coming. Until my parents started saying, mm-hmm. I had to let that go. Boy, that was hard. Amen. Let them apple fritters go like that, Brother George. I hadn't had one in a long time. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't y'all go out there and do that now. Amen. I'm going <laughs> to Oh, okay. <laughs> y'all pray for me. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, what's wrong with it? What's up with that, huh? Everything donut. All right, for, so it said, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. See, notice this, that word sanctified meant set apart. They just look, the blood of a bull, the blood of an animal, notice what is it, sprinkle the heifer, I mean, the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctifying to the purifying of the flesh. That means that sanctification, that's where sanctified means to be separate. The same word for holy. That means God honored the blood of an animal to separate and to make us holy, to classify we are his. That's what he did with the blood of an animal. Okay, next verse, watch this. How much more? Everybody say, how much more? Yeah, see, shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offer himself, the eternal spirit, the creator, where the rights came from. Through the eternal spirit himself offered, offered, offered. What did he do? He offered himself. Without spot to God. You and I could never do that. That's the reason why when they chose an animal, it had to be an animal that was, that was newborn and it had to be kept away from the others for a certain length of time to, be to, to present itself as the sacrifice for that family. Right here, Notice this. It said, how much more should the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offer himself? Offer himself. It's God offering himself without spot to himself. I know that sounds strange. That could mess with your theology right there. Purge your conscience. Oh, we talked about that earlier this morning. Your conscience was purged. Just think about your conscience. You have a lot of guilt. A lot of regret. A lot of sorrow. That's what takes place in your conscience. And, and notice it. And people get shut in. See, offense come from Things that you can't let go. 
or the root of bitterness come from things you can't let go. That's why your conscience was purged from dead work serving the living God. It's not that I'd overlook my wrong. It's that I can admit to my wrong and say, Father, forgive me of this. Because of what Jesus did for me. What am I doing? I'm partaking of that life in, in me and allow his life that's in me to demonstrate how to walk this out. So that I don't have of an offense, live a life that's filled with offense that will put me in a place to whereas a root of bitterness will build and cause, and, and notice it, it will affect everything in its way or it will defile everything in its path. Because hmm? you didn't know how to let go. I mean, you could talk to some people, something could have happened 20 years or whatever. They keep talking about the same thing. See, what are they doing? And if you're not careful, you keep hanging around them, go around them, you, they will defile you and they will have you thinking in the same light they are. And then you wonder why their life is so bitter. You wonder why their life is up and down. You wonder why they, they have compromise on their stand because they have allowed that root of bitterness that spring up and what it did, it caught root, and little by little, because you kept talking about the resentment, you kept talking about this distraction, kept talking about this hurt, and that thing was springing up. What was springing up? Resentment, unforgiveness, hurt, hmm? and it defiles everything in this path. I will be around a person that that's all they can talk about. I'm out of here. I, I don't want that. You tell me you hadn't got over that yet? You hadn't dealt with that yet? And some people put you in a place, how can you forget that? And they'll make you feel bad. How can you let that go? How can you this and that? Oh, no, Cher. I'm out of here. Are y'all following what I'm saying? You know how sometimes they say, choose your battle? That's one of them right there. You better choose and you better get out of that fast. Because if you don't, they will poison you with it. You came in one way and now you're leaving out with a total different attitude. Next verse, Casey. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. Now, this is, important. this is an important thing right here. Because people want to use intercession or as they want to stand in for people like Moses did before God. And how Moses told God he needed to repent. He needed to change his mind. That was proper under the old covenant because God made Moses what? the mediator of bringing the children of Israel out of bondage. Jesus is our mediator today. We don't need to think that, you know, uh, we need to petition God or we need to tell God, well, you know, we're going to stand in and God, we don't want 
you know, America is under judgment. America is going to hell. And the people in these communities are going to hell. And this and that. And so we're going we gonna to stand in and we're going to say, God, we're going to petition you, God. You can't do this because of this. No, you, 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 you don't have that right. And God not, God not cursing nobody. God ain't got no judgment on America. God ain't got no judgment on no nation. God don't have any judgment on any people. Whether it be Hokaponas or who. You understand what I'm saying? Kuta, you know, nobody. God have no judgment on nothing or no one. That's, 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 that's hogwash. So you listen to people like that, you'll think that, well, God got judgment on people. God is judging this. God then took his judgment out on his son for you and I. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? Until you recognize that you would think that, man, judgment is upon these people. No. You can bring a judgment upon yourself because you are willing, you're not willing to change your life. You're not willing to change your heart. See, whatever judgment coming upon you is because of an unrenewed mind. But it's not coming from God. Why would a God put out so much to show you that he loves you and then I'm going to kill you, fool? No. That's, that's, that's religion. That's tradition. I'm telling y'all, you y'all listen to some of the wrong people, you're gonna start finding this out. You, you know, people just not happy unless you know something has to come from God to destroy to say, what well, God got to do this to get out of ten. No, baby. No, no. God is not in the business of destroying something to get your attention. That's the works of the devil. And don't y'all send me no ugly note because I ain't going to read it. <laughs> I'm telling you, people are not happy unless they just see something hurt. Say, that's God. God brought, God brought judgment because them people are wicked over there. All people were wicked. It was his love that set the captive free. You can't change God's love. God is not a matter of respecter of love. He is a respecter of faith because you have to choose it. But love, no. God loved you before you and I ever thought about loving him. He already committed. That's Romans 5, 8. So when anytime somebody brings some of that hard stuff on y'all, that hogwash, that hogwash. He said, no, nah, you need to remember Romans 5, 8. God already commended his love toward me before I ever did this crazy thing. And now that I'm in him, you're trying to tell me I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do that for God to love me, for God to receive me back? No. I'm being nice. No. I was going to say your mama, but no. <laughs> Are y'all understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so no sin. For this, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. For what cause? The cause that we showed you in verse 14. That by means of death, see, means of death. 
It tells you the type of death he died. His death was plural. For the redemption of the transgression that was under the first covenant or the first testament. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Next verse. For where a testament is, there must also, what? Of necessity be the death of the testators. Jesus is it. Next verse, watch this. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon, neither the first testament was, de- was dedicated, what was not dedicated without blood. Watch this. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves, goat, water, and scarlet wood, and hyssop. You know, all of that was to make something cleanse. All of that was, you know, and notice it. He sprinkled both the book and the people. Can you imagine you taking that and, and you're sprinkling people with, all, with the blood and water? <laughs> you walk home a bloody mess. Next verse, saying, this is the blood of the testament which God had enjoined unto us. Let's go one more. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. Why? Because it had to be. It was a prototype. Okay, next verse. And almost all things are by the law was what? Purged with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no remission. So God honored the blood of an animal to purge them, not to really, but to cover them. He honored it. Watch this. Keep on. Keep going, Case. It was, it was necessary. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of these things in heaven, see, it's a pattern should be purified with thee, but the heavenly thing themselves would better sacrifice than these. Here we go. Next verse. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, because everything else was. Right? Which are the figure of the true, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us all. And that's what he is. He is forever a mediator seated at the right hand of the Father. He is what? Testifying, interceding on our behalf, not like we intercede, but standing in the gap, reminding the Father, we are already cleansed. We are already forgiven. Why? Because he himself took our place and we were raised with him in the likeness thereof. Amen? Watch this. Keep going, Casey. He say, nor yet that he should offer himself often. You see that? As the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. Why? Because that blood of an animal could not remove. But it was a type that God honored for a year. Okay, keep going, case. For then must he had must he 
often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now, once in the end of the world has he appeared to put away what? Come on, talk to me, Claire. What did he do? He put away what? Sin, how? By the sacrifice of himself. No, he didn't say sin. Sin by the sacrifice of himself. Sin is a done, finished thing in the mind of God. Keep going, Casey. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this is what? The judgment, see? The judgment going to come to see, okay, did you, what, which way you chose? Is that another verse? So Christ was once offered to bear the sin of many unto them that look for him. Shall he appear the second time? See that? Without sin, under salvation. Because the next time he's going to appear, he's not going to touch the earth. He's going to be in the air. And all who got that call, all who got that label on them, called the word of God, out of here. By the twinkling of an eye. You and I could be sitting right here, right here while we preach. Gone. Just like that. Gone. That's how fast you're going to be gone. Just like that. And it can happen at any time. I'm telling you, this could happen at any time. The father can tell Jesus, go get him. How long do you think it takes Jesus just to enter in that cloud? Maybe a millisecond? And all he got to do is open his mouth. <laughs> Man, something just grabbed hold of my spirit when I say that. Why? Because that's what the life of God is. And when he opened his mouth and give that shout to come, whatever it is he going to say, we out of here. Don't you kid yourself. We are so close. Only the Father knows how much more time of this dispensation that we have called grace where we are. So your life and mine is not here to live haphazardly. Our life is here to demonstrate his love, to demonstrate the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're looking, we're, if you can take anything to heaven, they say you can't take nothing to heaven with you. If there's anything that we can, if I could use this term, take to heaven, it would be souls. That'd be about the only thing you can. That will be acceptable. Nothing else will be. Right? Right? 
אוקיי. All right, Casey, go back to Matthew chapter 15. I think I laid the foundation enough that you understand what you already have. Okay? I'm going to just take about 10 more minutes and open this up to you, and I'm going to let you ride. Okay. Uh, I tell you, did you get a case of, uh, is, did I say Romans? No, no, Matthew 15. Um, I think, let's see. Uh, Matthew chapter 15. I want to start, if, I, think, I, want to say, I want to say verse 9. Let's see here. For time's sake, let's start here with me at verse 10. And he called the multitude and he said unto them, What did he say? Two things. What? Hear and what? Understand. So hear means to what? Be always what? Listening. Hearing. When you have understanding, what is he saying? To have understanding means to give you what? Perception. Give you light. Where you can do what? Properly discern what is right and what is wrong. Okay, I'm talking about spiritual things, okay? Here we go, verse 11. He said, now that which goes into the mouth defiles a man. I mean, not that which goes into the mouth defiles a man. But that which comes out of the mouth, that defiles a man. So I'm setting you up for Well, we're going to talk about God in your heart. So you got to be mindful of what comes forth out your mouth because notice what he said. But that which coming out where? Of the mouth, what does it do? It defiles a man's heart. So in other words, when we talk about your heart, we're talking about your soul. We're talking about your mind, your will, your emotions. We're talking about those things that you have allowed your conscience to become uh, burdensome with. We're talking about the resentment, the hurt, the things that cause hurt that you never let go, you never got rid of, you never dealt with properly. And I'm telling you, those are the things that becomes an offense. Keep going, Casey. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Know it thou that the Pharisee were offended? Well, here we go. And after they heard this saying, but he answered and said, here we go, every plant which my heavenly father 
has not planted shall be what? Rooted up. So you got to think about this. This is, you see Jesus using this as a mean of showing that what we, you know, you got weeds in your flower bed. You didn't plant it. So what you do with it? You uproot it. Throw it away. Is that right? So some of us have attitudes, we got conditions, we have things that we're gone through, things that we may be confronted by right now. And notice this, you have the opportunity to recognize, my father didn't give me that, he didn't plant that in my heart. I'm uprooting this. Can you see it? You have to be the one to do what? With your mouth, remember he said, it's what comes out of your mouth that defiles. And, G- and the disciples say, Jesus, uh, the disciples uh, say, uh, Jesus say, notice how the Pharisee or the disciples say, notice how the Pharisee were offended. See, let me just put this up in case we don't see this today. Luke 17, 1, and we'll come right back to this. This right here is one I open in scripture and so is this. Notice, and Jesus is a continuum. Then said he unto disciples, it is impossible that what? Offenses will do what? They will come. So it's not the offense that comes to you and I is how we resolve or how we handle the offense that has come. Do I, if I don't learn to deal with it properly, what it mean forgiving someone? Hmm? Would it mean letting go the resentment of something or someone that something came from? Or you understand what I'm saying? I don't know. I mean, Something may have fabulous you. Something may have taken your breath away. Something that happened unexpectedly that you didn't expect for this to turn out like this. And it could be a number of things. What I'm saying to you, you can't allow your heart to become offended to the place to where as you stop the hand of God or you stop the word of God from working in your heart. God will never stop working, but the word of God can't penetrate. Why? Because you won't pluck up. Go back to uh, um, Matthew chapter 15. And what was that? It was in verse 11. He said, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted, he plucks up. Okay? That means that's people who are not in the kingdom. You have to pluck things out of your heart that you know it did not come from the kingdom that which you now live by. You have to be the one, the, the one to pluck things out of your heart. It may be resentment. It may be unforgiveness. It, it may be something that you didn't expect. It may be the loss of a promotion. Maybe the loss of a job. You the one have to not allow yourself to let this thing create what? A root of bitterness. You're going to have plenty of opportunity in your life. And if you don't learn to deal with offense properly, 
Again, it will run many, it will run your life and everyone around you, you will run because you were bitter. Because you didn't know how to deal with that offense properly. Hmm? If you learn to deal with an offense properly and allow the Holy Spirit, make a consecrated decision and allow the Holy Spirit to grab hold of your heart through the grace of what God has made provision for, what will take, what will happen is the Holy Spirit will bring you through that thing and put and place you on a pinnacle somewhere in your walk with Him, and God will reveal to you what His plan is for your life because you didn't let this thing stop you. You didn't let this thing. Kill your drive, your 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 passion, your your uh, 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 your motivation. Sometimes things can happen in life. It will kill your passion. It will kill the drive. It will just stall out everything. Hmm. I mean, I understand what I'm saying. So he said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted out. Next verse. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. Hmm? And this is what we got going on today. We got a lot of blind leaders trying to lead someone else. Hmm? The blind lead the blind. Both shall fall in the ditch. Keep going, Casey. Then Peter, then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. Here we go. And Jesus said, Are you without understanding? <laughs> That's the real Jesus of the Bible. You know, Jesus come up to you and say, Bobby, are you still without understanding? Boy, that could be an insult today. What? What you mean? I left everything out here, and you gonna talk to me like that? I'm take my ball and go home. Is that right? That's enough to offend you. That's the real Jesus of the Bible. Are you without understanding? Are you slow to hear? <laughs> you talk to people like that today? <laughs> what? Ain't, that pastor don't have no compassion. He mean. He just cruel. I ain't going there no more. <laughs> Look what Jesus said. Do ye not, do not ye yet understand that whatsoever enter into, enter in at the mouth goes into the belly and cast out into the draft? I don't need to explain that, right? Everybody got that, right? All right. So we are with understanding there. Okay. Next verse, uh, Casey. Oh, but those things which proceed where? Out of the mouth, where do they come what? They come forth where? Whoa. And they defiles a man. See, you, can you see what defile, what come forth where? Out of your mouth. But those things which proceed where? Out of your mouth. 
Not what's going in your belly. What's in yours coming out of your mouth? Next verse, case. For out of the heart, see, now you, you, getting your, you proceeds what? Evil thoughts. All of us had it. All of us have all this, had all this stuff in us. Not because you were, you know, you were a bad. No, the fall of man. This came from the first Adam. Okay? We were victims. That's the reason why God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. Why? He's given us an opportunity to make a wrong that you had nothing to do with that he's made right. But he's given you the choice to choose it. Hmm? So don't be looking at no one with all of these different things. He said, for out of, a, out of, the, out of your heart proceed evil thoughts, murder. You know, I ain't never murdered nobody. But how many times you did it in your mind? Or with your words? Your mouth. Well, adultery. Well, I ain't never committed no adultery. Well, how many times you undress somebody? Adultery or fornication? How many times you address somebody that you didn't lay with? Don't answer that. That's part of life. Until you understand, this is already what's in your heart, your soul. And the ones who will try to deny that, they're the main ones. Theft, that means you just, you're a thief. Right? False witness, blasphemous. Just lie, just outright lie. Keep going, Casey. These are the things which defiles a man, but to eat with unwashed hand defiles not a man. See, that was the Pharisee when you look in the early verse of Scripture. Why do your disciples don't wash their hand with their religious self? You see what it said? It came down to whether you wash your hand, and Jesus tried to let them know. It's not the washing of your hand. Now, you should wash your hand. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about what's in your heart. Okay? Keep going, Case. Then Jesus went this and departed. Let's see. Into the coast of Tyre and what? Sidon. Okay? Now, let's go over here and I'm close with this. Okay, I'm going to go to Mark 4. Go to Mark 4. I'm going to close with this. And look at verse 26. Now, this is in essence of showing you that this is how the kingdom of God. Now, just think about this. The same principle for the kingdom of God is the same principle is for the kingdom of darkness. Okay? Jesus is giving a parable showing you how the kingdom of God works. I'm going to show you about the kingdom of darkness as per se of showing you how a root of bitterness grows up into a tree in your life. It all starts with the same process. Okay? So he said the kingdom of God is that the man should do what? Cast seed where? Into the ground. So that means in order for me to cast seed, you're going to have to have the seed called offense. 
Okay? The seed is called offense. But the seed that Jesus is talking about, the word. Remember, it's not what goes in your belly. It's what comes out of your mouth that defiles a person. It's the word you speak. Right? Okay. Next verse. And you should sleep night and rise day and night, night and day, and what? The seed should do what? Spring. And grow. What's causing that seed to grow? That offense. It's going to cause it to grow. It's going to spring forward. What's the first thing he said? You don't even know how it did it. It's the same thing with the kingdom of God. You don't even know how the word brought forth healing. You went to bed in pain, but you spoke the word, and you woke up, and it's all gone. You you don't even know what happened. You can't even express it. Well, offense, toxic thinking, toxic behavior works the same way. Look what the process is. Next verse, Casey. Now, you remember, you sleep and rise night and day, but you're on the phone talking against something, talking about something, because you got hurt. You got offended. And everyone they could come in contact with, guess what? That's what they're doing. Because they want you to be defiled just like they are. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? Now, this, cannot, this is not only just in church. I'm talking about this could be in a marriage. This could be in a business. You'd be working on a job or working for someone, and someone could be so bitter, and all of a sudden you get to listening to that, and you start seeing through the same lenses that they see now. And before you know you done lost your job. Because you allow yourself to keep going to lunch with that person and what y'all eating. Resentment, anger, jealousy. You eat all of that and you don't recognize, look what it said. The earth brings forth fruit of herself. So if the earth, the natural earth brings forth fruit of itself, what would you think your heart is bringing forth fruit of? Resentment, hurt, anger, unforgiveness. Hmm? It's bringing forth fruit of itself. It starts out as a blade. The seed, and then the blade, it springs, like I said, it springs. What happened? When the root system of offense gets down on the inside and they start establishing a root system of resentment, of hate, of hate, of anger, unforgiveness, whatever that looks like, it springs forth a blade. Now you know it didn't caught root. Because now life is standing up. Hmm? Are you following what I'm saying? It's, I'm going to stop right here and give you one other. This is my last verse of scripture that ties in with this. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Now, we'll come back to this later, but I'm just trying to lay this foundation. Hebrews chapter 12, and look at verse 15, one verse of Scripture. This is, this, this is really the main 
scripture of what I'm trying to get to you. Looking diligently, lest any man fail or fall of what? Of the grace of God. Or fail the grace of God. Or fall the grace of God. Lest any, can you see it? Let any root of what? Bitterness does what? Springing up trouble where? Springing up trouble you. So what is he going to do? That root of bitterness, as I showed you in Mark 4, 26 through 28, first the blade, right? It has to develop a root system. That root system was going to be what? Anger? Resentment? Unforgiveness, sorrow, whatever it is, it's going to spring forth. And that's why this thing right here said, lest any root of bitterness springing up troubles you. Because once it troubles you, notice what it's going to do. It's going to therefore defile a lot. Put the classic amplifier of Casey in that same verse. Exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another to see that no one falls back from and fall to secure God's grace. Fail to secure God's grace. Here's what? Unmerited favor and spiritual blessing in order that what? No root of what? Resentment. Rancor. Is that how you say that? Rancor or rank? How you pronounce it? Rancor. Bitterness. Or hatred. So you have that bitterness, you have that hatred. I'm telling you why. Because you didn't know how to let go of that offense. It's not that the offense not going to come. They're going to come. It's how you respond. And this is some of the things that take place. Notice this. It shoots forth and does what? And cause trouble and bitter torment. Huh? It causes what? Trouble and bitter torment and the minute become what? Contaminated and defiled by it. When you think about something being contaminated. You know, it's just like having, you know, like if you go, you go, you go buy fruits and something got a bad apple, a bad lemon or something in there. If you don't get that, that contaminant lemon out of the worst, out of the, uh, that batch, what is it going to do? It's going to contaminate the spore of it, of the spore. It's going to get on every one of those lemons. Until they all look like it. This is what in people's lives, Christian. They bitter, they defile, and they're not going to stop until everyone around look like them and think like them. And once you get in that place, it's hard for you to come out. And you don't come out like overnight. You don't come out like speaking. Did y'all learn anything today? That's a groundwork. We'll, we'll talk more about it. That's all we have for you today. Amen. That's a lot.